We are back. Welcome to Match Point Number Nine, a tennis podcast. I actually on our Twitter handle, Derek. I don't know if you noticed, but I changed it to a tennis bets podcast, just to you know let the people know what we're all about here, and that is tennis gambling wagering. Uh, I am David EJ Berger. You can find me at Carl Junior on Twitter. You can find our show handle that I just mentioned at MP9 Tennis. With me, as always, is my tennis talking bro, Derek. Welcome. Hey, everyone. This is uh, Derek Kunimura. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Derek underscore sucks. It's good to be back. We have a lot of tournaments in the rearview mirror now, and we got Indian Wells uh, starting tomorrow. Just very close to us, actually. Yeah, pretty brutal. I believe you are going on Friday. I, I'm not going to be able to attend. My wife is uh, 9.9 months pregnant, um, <laughs> almost to 10. So um, so I won't be going because uh, I could literally have a baby as we're recording this podcast right now. So that's always fun. Uh, but um, it has been a minute. Um, Derek, I like to think of this as our pilot year. Uh, for this podcast, maybe not our pilot. Uh, you know, a pilot is typically one episode to see how it goes. We're we're seeing how this whole year goes for this podcast. I'm having fun. I think that next year we'll we'll pick up the pace and uh, we'll try to grow it uh, a little bit more. But I'm I'm having fun. I'm I'm happy to be back in that vein, Derek. Last time we came back to the mics, one of us had correctly picked the winner of that tournament uh, that we previewed. That happened again, Derek. That happened again. And you are the man <laughs> who picked the winner both times. Uh, you correctly nailed Daniil Medvedev winning the U.S. Open. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, that was a once-in-a-lifetime shot. It was his first as well. Uh, the U.S. Open in general, that was just kind of a bizarre thing. I mean, you had Med and you had Raducanu get there first. And I thought the best part was Novak just didn't move up on the whole tennis records Wikipedia, you know, and that guy checks that thing on the daily and he wanted to see his name higher. No, sorry, man. He did not achieve that. No 21 and 21 for you, sir. Couldn't have happened to a, a better guy, Novak. Not that we're an anti-Novak podcast, but uh, it was nice to see Med win. Yeah, it was definitely nice to see him win. He definitely deserved it. He lost one set throughout the entire tournament. I just won more than Raducanu. I don't know why he lost that. Um, but overall, that was a crazy tournament. There was a lot of stuff that happened. I mean, there was just toilet gate. There was Shelby Rogers moment was probably one of my favorites where she got <laughs> she got a little mad that these betters that were losing on her or giving her death threats and stuff like that. So if you're one of those, you know what? Just stop. It's your fault. You bet on Shelby Rogers. You shouldn't be doing that anyway. Well, she's uh, probably on tennis channel right now. Cause she's always on tennis channels. So that's why they do That's It's what's it's what's on TV. So they, they wanted to wager on it, <laughs> but um, before we dig in more, Derek, uh, let's remind the people uh, what we are. We are a tennis betting podcast. We're going to look back at the, uh, September in ATP. We're into October now, and then we're going to do a little bit of a preview of Indian Wells first round and go go a bit deeper, see what we have uh, in store in our brackets. 
so yeah so first year we're going to do a little bit of the month that was i guess rolling it back all the way to us open you've you've touched on it a little bit derek i want to kick us off last time we were on the mics we discussed when would carlos alcaraz break through and get on not just tennis radar which we said he was on but a grander radar i think he did it did he finally do that after all this time of you touting this guy he's finally at the level that you wanted him to be at i'm glad he's there he's uh, definitely deserves it yeah i think we and we even said it would take going deep in a major for that to happen and uh the u.s open i would say is probably the most talked about major since tennis came back from the pandemic mm-hmm. carlos Alcaraz was one of the hottest players at that so uh his his q rating went up uh and he and rightfully so he had a pretty electric win against uh Sitsipas. uh what do you think of that match yeah he held his own that was really good Sitsipas, i think that was a vulnerable spot for him he hasn't made it very far in the u.s open alcaraz just handed handled business on him and then uh i think what he eventually lost to felix right he retired a little early yeah he retired which uh gamblers were both happy and not happy about uh they didn't lose money on that one but uh but it did seem like uh you know he was putting faa on the on the ropes a bit at times um so yeah it was kind of a end ceremonious ending to a, a great tournament uh and alcaraz the books already knew about him so mm-hmm. he, you weren't getting great odds with him to begin with that said i think you have some confidence to play him as a dog now against some of these uh, upper echelon guys on the tour moving forward yeah i was hoping he was going to stick in that match it didn't seem like he was laboring anything and then he kind of just bowed out and i thought that he was going to just try and stick it out because it is the last major of the year and there's not much that he's going to be playing up until indian wells here um, but yeah, let's see what he can bring. I don't think he's injured is basically what I'm saying now. Yeah. I don't think he's injured now. So I, I, yeah, he's, uh, he's got a nice draw too for Indian Wells that we'll get into. Um, another big story was the rise of Botic Vonda Zanschloop. Yeah. The I, only guy that took a set off a of med, right? Yeah. So maybe you could, um, pronounce his name correctly for us. I like how you try to pin that on me. I can't say that. I'm just going to give up on that one. I'm going to give up before I even attempt. BVDZ had an electric U.S. Open, uh, and he won a lot of people money who bet on him as an underdog. Uh, where are you at with him moving forward? Are you are you keeping an eye on him? He qualified into Indian Wells rather easily, so he's in the draw now. So uh, are we looking for this guy's name uh, moving forward? on slates well physically his name always sticks out just because it's so damn long and it's got three words in it yeah you should look out for him do we know if it's a a quote-unquote magical run that he did who knows uh that's why we gotta look out for him so maybe don't bet on him in the first round would be my suggestion and then check out his first round match if you even plan on betting on him in the second round so just follow him and if he looks good bet on him if he doesn't then uh don't worry about it 
He is a little old in the age model. He's 26. Oh, I so know he's, not, he's not a young pup. But uh, we're having some later in life uh, for tennis breakthroughs of late. So you, you never know. Personally, I, I, I don't know. I, I, he, I, I, he's not on my trust list but by any means. I, I need to see more before I buy in. Same with me. Speaking of trust, did Daniil Medvedev earn your trust in semis and or finals of Grand Slams moving forward with his win over Djokovic? A lot was made of the moment kind of pinning Djokovic down. It was too much for him more than Medvedev, who played insane in the final. He was awesome. He came in as a pretty significant underdog. Djokovic came in as a $2 favorite, and Med was like plus 200. I mean, this is going to be a matchup that we're going to see again deep into slams. Where are we at with Med as a... uh, He's the number two in the world. I mean, are we we buying into Med uh, and, and throwing even futures on this guy? for slams moving forward. I honestly am now confident in throwing futures in on med. I mean, he's gotten three finals now under his belt, all hard courts. We got the, the AO as the first major of next year. It was his uh, second final last year that he played Novak in. And yeah, it was, maybe it was just a little inexperience and he looks crazy comfortable out there now. I mean, to beat Novak a 3-0 in a final and look like it was easy. And his game was consistent throughout the entire match too. So if you have a consistency of game, that means you have the confidence to get out there and win. He has the tools. He started what serving, I mean, returning a little further back. So it, it's not like his game has been the same his game has actually gotten better. So it's not just confidence that's there. I think his tactics have also improved. He also seems to be overcoming uh, some of the stuff that typically takes him out. And I'm talking about when heat stroke med shows up, but we don't like heat stroke med. uh, And he plays on a lot of hot conditions. USO was particularly hot and sweaty. He was in Tokyo. He uh, overcame some heat issues there as well. So I, I feel like that maybe his conditioning is getting a bit better as well. Yeah, I, I'll touch on that. Um, the good thing about him is that he's basically this or is the second ranked guy now. So he's going to be playing a lot of matches at slams on center court, which will be enclosed. Um, that goes for the US Open and that goes for the AO and then those outside courts. Those things, those things will sweat you dry. And he doesn't have to play those anymore. So that's why I think he has confidence there. However, with Indian Wells around the corner, that's a different story. <laughs> I got something to say about that later. Yeah, it's going to be hot in that desert. Uh, Derek, we should have mentioned earlier, rather, that uh, we were an ATP podcast, essentially. You know, we will talk about the WTA now and then, but our main content is ATP. So we're not going to run down the women's side. Congratulations to Rana Kanu. Unbelievable story. Excited to see her at Indian Wells. Wish her luck. But we're moving on to the tournament uh, following the U.S. Open. Atsana Open in Nursultan, Kazakhstan. 
my guy, Quan, won this thing, Derek. And I would like to get a little bit of cred for believing in this guy. Granted, a little 250, not a big tournament by any means. But a lot of people are not Quan believers. This guy is. He went out there and he won the thing. Quan now with more championships than Felix Ojeale's team. The thing about Quan that I really want to say is that he's now 15 and two this year on indoor hard courts, not the most common surface. And I don't even know how people even got that stat, but that stat does include some Davis cups and some challenger events, which kind of sway the whole stat, but 15 and two, those are still wins that he still has. And he's just a force to be reckoned with on that surface. Absolutely. And you know who he beat? Quan beat a hot James Duckworth, who I will talk about more later on. Uh, he's playing Indian Wells, so he will get a bit of a deeper dive there. But I watched a little bit of this uh, tournament. It was on 11 p.m. our time, so I stayed up a couple nights and watched it. Man, I Ivashka, this guy is awesome right now. Yeah, he I, balls. I like to think of him as a brute. The guy is all power, man. And I don't think he was, uh, they talked about this being a slower surface and uh, guys having a hard time hitting through. Vashka, I think, came to that a little bit. But generally speaking, I mean, the guy just seems like he's fucking smash bro out there. Yeah, he does. Uh, I saw him against, uh, I forgot who it was. Uh, it was Rusevori, who it was. Yeah, I watched the. I stayed up and watched the Rusevori Avashka mass. Uh, Rusevori won a little respect back from me, who because I'm kind of a Rusevori. I wouldn't say non-believer, but I'm very suspect <laughs> of him as a talent. Uh, I think he's on the lower end of the next geners. Uh, he took the first set off Ivashka, and then of course um, lost the next two and got bounced of the tournament because he's not that great. But uh, it was good on Ivashka to. I don't know. I just, I just feel like uh, another thing too is just pl- just p- keeping it going and playing. I mean, he had he won Winston Salem, and then he was right back uh, on the tour right after the USO. So he's taking advantage of uh, he, his hot streak himself. So I, I got a lot of respect for that. Yeah, he's a little iffy player. He can make a run. He can also not make a run. And when I mean make a run, I mean make a run at a two fifty. I mean, not making a run out of 500 yet. Maybe he's on that road to possibly do that in a couple of years. But for, uh, for now, he can put some wins together. Absolutely. And he's a name to look out for, uh, especially catch him in a nice dog spot, although he's coming as a, a heavy favorite in a lot of matches So because he's playing the 250s. So we want to see him in a, a bigger draw uh, against a, a guy he could possibly take down. Uh, moving on to the Moselle Open in Metz, France. Uh, we got a Hubie double up here, Derek. Hubie Hercats. He won singles and doubles titles here, and he continued his great 2021. So this is that tournament where he was playing that doubles match that looked like he was playing inside of a YMCA, right? Yeah, they cleared out... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> like the local basketball like they youth cleared tournament? out the, the youth basketball league so these guys could play professional tennis there like there was uh, literally a basketball hoop in this shot right that that was this right correct Derek. yeah it yeah, looked like yeah. the gym that i ran out with my friends to play 
basketball. Yeah, like back it, when it, we were able to do that. Like, was this broadcasted on Tennis Channel, like PBS? I was pretty sure it was on PBS, or was it even on PBS? PBS probably turned on the rights for this one. Uh, either way, uh, yeah, Hubie's doing business, and freaking mopped up here, huh? Yeah, he did. It was it was a good tournament for for Hubie. I think the big takeaway for me from this tournament is do not fade Andy Murray. <laughs> um, I bet against him uh, both in the Ugo Umber match. Ugo Umber, I mean, headlining the all disappointment team for 2021. <laughs> this guy's a first first ballot first teamer. Uh, and then I, I, I hate to admit it, but I also <laughs> faded him against Pospisil, who I thought was was due, and he was not due. Uh, Andy Murray, man, he's he is definitely not a slouch or someone to disrespect when it comes to putting your money on against him. I don't know that I really trust. I I, I guess that where where I'm at with him right now in terms of gambling is. I don't want to bet against him, and I yet I still do not want to bet on him. He did that, reach the quarterfinals. Okay, that sounded like you're entirely confused, <laughs> and you should be. Like, I, I, okay. First off, you should not have bet against him against Pospisil. That was clearly a revenge bet because you lost the bet against Uga. <laughs> so let's be honest there. That that was just a stupid play. It was a chase. Uh, it didn't get make the board. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. So that was on your own. You didn't succumb other people to that. However, what I'm saying about the whole confusion thing, I think Murray's even confused when he loses and confuses when he wins. He doesn't know how he wins or loses. So, I mean, he's so inconsistent that I don't know if it's even safe to bet for him or against him. And I think that's where you're at, right? Yeah, well, they said on the tennis podcast that he mentioned in a presser that he's He's able to understand where his opponent is going next mm-hmm. more than before. So it seems like his part of you know his rise is his fitness. The guy has a metal hip, so I understand that. So, <laughs> um, but it's just a question to me of how great. I mean, yeah, sure he can be like conditioned, but yeah, where is he at physically in terms of? power and all the other stuff that comes into to a match so uh, i don't know man <laughs> yeah i i get what you're saying there um like delpo was on the commentating section of the u.s open and they interviewed him a little bit and he was mentioning how that the game is kind of turned into this let's get quick points type style and he says that if you're smart enough you can actually beat these guys and he said that's why Novak's having a lot of success he didn't necessarily talk about Murray but we all know Murray's he's got just slam titles wrapped around his waist and he's got the knowledge to beat these guys so I think that's why you kind of see him just getting so angry at himself on the court because he knows exactly what to do but he physically just can't make it happen it's going to be interesting to see his career playing out to the finish line here. All right, Derek. Uh, well, let's move on from France uh, and cross the pond to Boston where the labor cup was held. Although it was total domination by Europe. So we should just stay over there, but uh, tight matches though, ish, I have to say, yeah, um, 
And uh, my general thought was the pricing was overall pretty correct on these matches. Uh, you know, it feels like an important event, but the end, at the end of the day, it's an exhibition. So you never know what the level of play is or would be. Uh, it was pretty high this time around. And I thought the market was relatively uh, on pace with what, what, what we were seeing. I, I caught a nice uh, live bet um, against FAA with Berrettini when he was down. That was a nice hit. Yeah, I didn't bet on this one. Um, I did notice that the odds were pretty accurate anyway. Um, it's like, it, yeah, it was an exhibition. Um, it wasn't like they were playing like an exhibition, though, I would say. They were still all in it to win it. That camaraderie kind of lights a fire under them. Uh, the overall product, I thought, was just, I, I guess I lost interest in it as as fast as it kind of got out of hand on the scoreboard. But uh, going forward, do you think that they should have a draft? Clearly, these <laughs> these teams are just like not even whatsoever. Absolutely. Well, they suggested on the tennis podcast to bring in the WTA, which I don't think is a bad idea. No, no, not a bad idea at all. I think that would level things out quite a bit, especially with Ash Barty. Um, and you know serena ish yeah. and <laughs> um, osaka yeah yeah and osaka so overall it, w- it was a pretty cool event uh, i know a fellow tennis podcaster craig shapiro he was crowing about it being an upper echelon event i don't know i am i'd still rather watch the us open <laughs> <laughs> yeah what did he mean by upper echelon? Like just because the only the top I players think, are invited, or what, well, I have to. I mean, it was hard not to notice that it was a packed stadium at 12 p.m. on a Friday in Boston. Mm-hmm. I mean, the crowd did show up, and uh, you know, it looked there was a lot of pomp and circumstance. I don't know if you saw the social media, but they were wearing tuxedos and shit, and fucking like, <laughs> I mean, they treated this like a Royal wedding almost. And um, <laughs> yeah, someone got knighted at the end or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was Diego. He, he actually granted him an extra foot in height. <laughs> <laughs> it's a huge achievement for himself. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's hard to know what to make of, that event uh, but gambling wise i thought it was pretty on par with the rest of the tour so keeping that in mind for next year mm-hmm. yeah just don't treat that thing like an exhibition because it, it's not close to that all right moving on to the sophia open yannick center he won again he won it last year that was his first title ever he's won another title helping him in the race to turin and i want to highlight our boy that we always table some time to talk about the young italian and what I noticed in this tournament and even earlier this summer, you know, he didn't have the USO success that we wanted, but something I've noticed from his game is just the ability to break back. This guy can break back in a match that very few players can. He is never out of a set. No, I mean, he's never out of a set, like how he can never crack a smile, but I think that helps him though. He, he's just always mentally in the match. He's all business. He's got that crazy topspin. And he just pulls it together later in the sets, too. So if he's down, you better watch out. Yeah. He's never safe against him. Yeah. He did it to Corda earlier this year. I think that was in Washington, where he was down a lot, 5 2, and came back to win. 
Mm-hmm. I, he was down to Duckworth, I believe, in the first and second set at the quarterfinals here and came back and won both of those. We boarded center in two at plus 105. Got the W there. Pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Well, we talked about center enough. Let's move on. Another big thing from Sophia is uh, Gilmont Feast, man. He's back. Uh, he roasted a hot Giron in two sets. And I, 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 you know, I don't want to oversell Giron as a player, but the guy's been play, playing pretty well in, in this, uh, this month. Uh, taking advantage of getting the court time. Uh, Monfisto roasted him 6-0 in the second set. Derek, I boarded the over in this match. Uh, it did not come anywhere close. <laughs> uh, Monfils has now won at least two matches in his last five tournaments. It's time to put some respect on Monfils' name. Yeah, it's nice to actually say something good about this guy for once. Uh, he was the second-ranked guy in this tournament. But he's still handled business. He's been ranked pretty high in a lot of these tournaments throughout the year and has been coming up extremely flat. So he, this one, he beat, what, Avashka, Majer, and Giron. And like you yep. said, Giron's been ripping this uh, last month. So good on Monfils for bringing his name back to where it should be. It's, yes, I agree. And it seems like the wedding was a real turning point, to be honest. Um <laughs> It's kind of weird so maybe you know that's something to keep in mind the off the, the off the court stuff with these players is you gotta factor that in the handicap yeah i mean even with covid and stuff like that you know that this guy's quite the extrovert and he loves the crowd and uh he's also loved indian wells in the past too look out there and then we mentioned the red hot Giron. Part of him being red hot is he torched uh, <laughs> Alex Demonor two times during the stretch. Uh, Demonor stinks right now. <laughs> okay, just like the whole Andy Murray thing about how you're confused with that, I can apply this to Demonor as well. Because one, he did win Eastbourne this year. He also lost to Stevie Johnson this year. That's something very notable so i mean considering he won eastbourne and considering those losses i I can make an argument for both sides that he's good and he sucks oh he's first team all disappointing 2021 (laughs) he's making it on the squad for sure the guy has been horrible this year i mean total total dud all right we rounded the finish on the tennis that was was the san diego open first ever tournament in san diego i hope they do it again as i live two hours north and i would love to make it there when my wife is not uh pregnant and could give birth at any moment because i thought the matches were great i mean it, it was a competitive tournament we had casper rude coming out on top uh, helping his road to turin we had a, a great match between karatsev and hubie Hubie, I think, was banged up, and maybe that's why Karatsev ended up on top. But that went three sets. It was great. Um, Grigor Dimitrov, he showed some life. He beat Karatsev. Also totally dusted a San Diego State <laughs> senior uh, who had to replace uh, FAA, who pulled out. So, uh, and then Diego, he was a crowd favorite. I mean, you know, it was encouraging as a, an American tennis fan because – 
the crowds were, were pretty good and, and they were rooting on a lot of these foreign players. Yeah. I mean, that lineup that they had was pretty dang good for a 250. It lined up right before Indian Wells. So a lot of these people were already in town. It's pretty close to where Indian Wells is at. Hopefully they do have a tournament. I don't know if it'll be in San Diego again next year, but I hope they do have like a 250 tournament in Southern California right before Indian Wells, which I believe is going to be in March next year. Because uh, like, look at these people that turned out. Yeah, Andre Rublev was in Fuego. Uh, I wanted the over in the Nakashima match with him. I think I boarded that. And I mean, he totally, I think he actually stole a piece of Nakashima's soul in the match <laughs> um just like if it was a video game he like took life points away from him and then he i mean diego was playing pretty well that tournament and he totally destroyed diego who yeah. played well against him uh, just a few days prior at the labor cup but then cam nori continues yeah. his hot 2021 <laughs> He gets blown out in the first set with Rublev just crushing and destroying people. Nori comes back and wins in three sets. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah, I was away on a fishing trip for most of that tournament. But I did come back and I did watch the rude Nori final. And I watched very little of that because that match was so dang short. Yeah, Casper uh, Ruud is someone I respect as a player. I like him a lot. I'm a I'm a fan. I just, you know, he's a guy who beats players not ranked as high as him, and I have yet to see him do anything against someone ranked higher than him. So that's kind of where I'm at with Ruud. Mm-hmm. He is fantastic, though. Um, I'd like to see how far you got him going at Indian Wells. But given what you just said, I have a feeling you got him stopping right where he should be. <laughs> All right, Jake. Well, we have said enough about the tennis that was. Let's talk about the tennis that will be Indian Wells. And we're going to do this a little bit different than we have in the past. Uh, we're going to pick out our first round picks here. Not talk about every match. Our previous podcast might have tipped over two hours. <laughs> It was the Snyder cut of podcasts uh, for tennis gambling. <laughs> uh, so we're going to try to keep it moving a little bit faster here. I thought that we did a pretty good job just now moving through some stuff. So I think we'll, we'll achieve that now as well. And I I'm pretty prepared, Derek. Yeah. You're not going to release the Snyder director's cut later on. No, this, this is the, the burger actual cut now. <laughs> All right, let's do it. All right, Indian Wells, first round picks here. I'm coming out with my my plays. A lot of these will probably make the board. By the way, we should mention, we haven't mentioned it yet. We do a free plays board on our Twitter account, at MP9Tennis. The board, I think, is sitting at eight games over 500 right now. It was at 10, and then I had a bad weekend uh, with the Sofia and San Diego finals. Um, but yeah it's it's come a long way it was 12 and 30 and now we're eight games over 500 so and we're at now at this point over 250 matches prognosticated so not too bad yeah come take a look at it and just don't take those murray bets on the board and you'll even have a better result 
I typically leave Murray off the board. Okay, here we go. Some first round picks, Indian Wells. Derek, I'm kicking this off with Alexi Poprin. He's laying a dollar twenty-four minus one twenty-four over Kekmanovic. Now, Kekmanovic is three and zero head to head versus Poprin, but they mm-hmm. haven't played since 2019. Okay, two of those matches were on hard court as well. Kekmanovic more of a clay guy, as we know. When we last saw Pop, he lost to Dan Evans at the USO, and he pulled out of a tournament in between there. So fitness is a question. But Kekmanovic stinks, okay? He's 3-7 and seven <laughs> since the shift to summer hardcore in July, and I just generally don't think he's very good. I like Poprin's ability to serve and stay in matches. I just I just feel like he's going to hang on to beat Kekmanovic. Now, I wish, you know, I, I, the books know that Kekmanovic stinks because I feel like flipped this to six months ago, Kekmanovic is maybe the favorite with his uh, Kitzbühel title a little bit closer in the rear view. His play has made him an underdog here. So, but I, I still like Poppern as a, a short favorite. I, I think that he gets the job done. What do you think? Yeah, overall, Poppern is a better player. The only thing that does concern me, I was looking up to see his recent play, and I did notice, yeah, he hasn't played since the U.S. Open. So that's the only thing that's kind of glaring for me. But he still is better than Kekmanovic. If Popperin is actually traveling all the way over here to play one match, I don't think that's a thing. Um, I don't think he's going to be out there playing at 80%. So I think at even 90%, 85%, he can beat Kekmanovic. So let's take this Popperin minus 124. Nice. And the thing about Popperin is he can't return. So the thing about Kekmanovic is he can't return either. So <laughs> <laughs> we shall see with this match. Um, all right. We have the aforementioned James Duckworth versus American McKenzie McDonald. Now, okay. Duckworth. Yeah. Go Can ahead. you tell me what you know about Duckworth? All right. Because I don't know much about him, and I saw him play one match so far, but I feel like you know a lot more about him than I do. No, I have a question mark on this one because I, I, I can be convinced either way, actually. Duckworth is coming in as one of the under-the-radar hot players on tour. He's 11-2 and two since September Jeez. 1st, including a challenger title, a finals appearance at Astana, which he lost and a quarterfinals appearance that Yannick Sitter rudely won, as I mentioned, uh, getting <laughs> breaking back and stealing Duckworth's soul. He was pretty pissed after the match. It was pretty funny. McDonald is normally pretty stinky, uh, not someone <laughs> that rolls into round ones as a minus 141 favorites, so a dollar 41 favorites. However, he stormed into relevance this summer with a finals appearance in Washington. He hasn't played since the U.S. Open. Well, he lost in round two to K. Nishikori in five sets, a revenge spot there as Mac beat K in Washington and route to that final. So we have a little bit of time off for Mac. It's a nice price on Duckworth, who has a bit of momentum, although I wish at plus 120, I wish it was closer to plus 130, 140. Uh, I'm, I'm going to toss up right now. 
Duckworth's not someone I typically trust, but neither is Mackenzie McDonald. Yeah, the odds don't say it's a pick em, but I think it's a pick em. Um, in that case, I would take Duckworth. I wouldn't throw a whole unit on that, but if you want to get what I think would be pick em odds and you can get plus 120 out of it, Mackey's been pretty good though, so I'm still kind of concerned about that. But like I said, I think you can kind of weigh that in by just deleveraging your bet. So I'd say take a half a unit on Duckworth. Yeah, I, I like I actually moved on McDonald on my bracket. But then, I did as well. But then doing the research, I mean the guy is in Fuego. Now that said, this is a essentially a home tournament for Mac who went to UCLA. So it should be a good one. Maybe an over. Maybe an over bet is the way to go. Maybe that's your best bet in that one. Mm-hmm. Quite possibly. Yeah, I don't know. I personally, I'm not going to touch that one. Speaking of overs, Derek, there's one I'm definitely going to play, and that is in the Benoit pair Francis Tiafo match uh, over 22. Tiafo is coming in at minus 290. He's almost a three dollar favorite. Not of a ton, not a ton of analysis here, Derek, except that Tiafo should <laughs> never be an over two dollar favorite, let alone almost three dollars. Pair has shown some life of late. There will be a crowd. He that's one of his big complaints is playing to no one. I saw he ate some in and out burgers on his social media. Yes, I'm factoring that in. The guy seems like he's in a good place compared to before. I I, I just don't see Tiafo walking away with this in two sets. I guess the odds makers also saw the in and out burger post as well, too. Uh, yeah, but but Tiafo at two now. 90 versus uh, a Benoit pair that has been playing more like Benoit pair of 2018. It, it, I don't think that's necessarily correct. Um, I, I do think Tiafo is going to win. So I do think the over is the correct play here. Yeah. I mean, why are they, why would they, I just don't, I don't understand why they would. Yeah. It's just kind of mean, right? <laughs> <laughs> like that's just cruel to like dispair like that well also cruel to Chiafo because he's he just uh, he can't live up to a 290 favorite man <laughs> it's uh, just because he was a little bit of a head case honestly i think he's less of a head case than he used to be i think his his level has uh, been much better than it was and he's a lot more consistent but i also did watch him in this calendar year completely dump a first set to Leovich at the Miami 1000. I think that was the tournament. So did you have a bet on that? I did not. I just, oh. because you know, he's American. So he's the, the, <laughs> the late match. <sighs> anyway, speaking of yeah. Americans in late matches, Stevie Johnson is later on the card against uh, Alejandro Davidovich Fokina. Another interesting match here. Uh, on paper, you're going with Fokina all the way, right? Of course. But I was looking at playing the first over, the first set over. That was kind of that was going to be my play. I, I cashed on a, a Stevie Johnson first set over recently in the I think it was against Monfils. Uh huh. And he's competitive early. I, I like Stevie that Johnson. That is true. Tenacity out of the gate. But it's uh, the book is out. It's already juiced up to ten. Um, so 
uh, you're looking at trying to hit a seven five or uh, get a tie break for that one. So that already leads me to believe that the bookmakers are giving more credit to Stevie Johnson uh, than I care for. Fukina coming in at three and six since we hit the summer hard court season. He lost to Benoit Pair recently. Not a great loss for a player that profiles as an up-and-coming future slam winner to some. So with that 10 over, I mean, would you be willing to take that and say it's 6-4 and you push? Are you cool with that? Or would you rather just play Davidovich Fakina winning the match? And he's coming in at a minus 138. I think I'd rather just play Fokina for the match. Although he, I, I man, it's tough. He, he is pretty untrustworthy right now. Yeah. Stevie Johnson sucks though. That's my thing. I love yeah. betting against that guy. I mean, he's, he does have tenacity, like you said, but he kind of is a little bit of a perennial first round loser. All right, Derek, you've kind of convinced me because I feel like we should take advantage of Fokina's low level leading into this and hopefully his general class as a tennis player will win the day against Stevie Johnson on home soil. Another match that I'm interested in your thoughts on, Derek, Sam Query coming in as minus 141 against Daniel Altmaier. Altmaier, I did look it up, and he doesn't have a way to pronounce it. Yeah. Against our boy Alt Bay, uh, <laughs> uh, Query has lost seven matches in a row since beating PCB in Wimbledon. Oof. Altmaier has lost six hardcourt matches in a row dating back to last season. But Derek, and it's a pretty big butt here. Uh. He is twenty six and eight since June twenty second all on clay and most of the challenger level. Oh man, this is a not very much to work with. Huh. I I'd have to go with Altmaier for some reason Query's just been sucking this whole year. I've watched several of his matches and I always keep thinking that he's going to be a guy that turns it around. And I think he's like at that stage where he's just not going to age-wise, you know? So let's give Altmaier a shot here. I, I, I got to stick with him. I'm going with Alt as a dog here. And Query will have the advantage of a fast court, I think. So his serve will do him well. And servers do pretty well here. Uh, I'm about to mention in my next breakdown here that uh, Milos Ronich does really well. Um, so I think he's made like semifinals and finals here multiple times. So the serve bot ish types although i don't think query's an official serve bot i'm not sure if he's tall enough <laughs> he's like second team yeah um he's a he, he's a he prototypes is that um his level's just been so bad it's so bad he's goes out there he doesn't look confident in himself and i'm not confident in him Ugh, yeah i i gotta stick with all Potential dog barking there with Altmaier. Okay, this I like, and we've already um, 
disparaged him once on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> our boy Pospisil from Canada coming down. He's taking on the American and Ohio State Buckeye, J.J. Wolf. Pospisil, as we mentioned, a recent victim of Murray. Now, and as I just said, um, what I had penciled in here is my uh, handicapping for this. Ronich does pretty well here. Not the same player, but of that ilk. So I like that for Pospisil. J.J. Wolf, also a serve guy, but he hasn't done anything on this tour this year except rock a mullet in early round losses. Again, Pospisil has stunk lately, so he's coming in at only minus 134. I think you flipped this to a calendar year ago. It's much higher. I, I like taking advantage of the price here. Yeah, I was going through this draw, and this guy's name caught my eye. I didn't know who he was. I took a look at him. I even watched some clips on YouTube. He's not that good. I mean, he, I'm talking about J.J. Wolf. that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's been losing even challenger events. Yeah. And he, he is American. He So he got granted a wild card. So uh, he just kind of slipped in here through the cracks, and he just seems like one of those wild cards that really honestly shouldn't be here. So let's take Pospisil 134. Quite honestly, I was expecting to see Pospisil at like, like the minus 175 era. But no. Yeah, well, Wolf getting some respect for his serve and being American and it being a late match. So he could have a little bit of a crowd on his side. So there is that. But the guy has not been very good. No, I, I have faith in Pospisil that he can win this one. All right, Jack, that's uh, my day one plays. Do you have any uh, other day one plays? Uh, not not a lot on the board day one-wise. Um, this isn't a play, but I would like to talk about this possibility of playing Sangren Montiero. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Two guys that have absolutely stunk this year. Uh, Sangren, I, I don't know, that guy's somehow an Olympian. And you got Montanero, which is... He's from Brazil. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a clay guy. From, yeah, he's an absolute clay guy. Uh, he's actually 500 on the year, but most of his wins have come on clay. And Sangren right. is well under 500. And you got Sangren at like a minus 132, I believe. Would you even touch that? Or well, would you just- just go the other way. The last time I believe the world saw tennis Sangren, he pulled a Djokovic and hit a ball at a ball person in that a bit of true. anger at a challenger level event. Um, I, I actually moved Sangren on in the bracket. I, I like Sangren here. He's due, man. He's. Got, <laughs> I don't like that he's a favorite. I'll tell you that. But he is a short favorite. He's not like a crazy favorite. Uh, Mon- Montero or Montero, I would say it. I watched him play uh, hardcore at Winston Salem. He looked okay. He looked a lot better on hardcore than I, I thought he would be, and he got a nice bit of luck because he played uh, the Wake Forest kid Nava, who oh, is yeah, yeah. Um, who he. I mean, he eviscerated him similar to Dimitrov when he drew the <laughs> San Diego State senior. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, man. 
I mean, I could see Montero very easily winning, but I'm giving Sangren a, a slight, some slight credit here to, to finally like win one. I mean, this is actually a good spot for Sangren. This is going to be a faster court. I think he typically plays pretty well to AO. I think it's going to be similar conditions. Yeah, I went the same way. I moved on Sangren. I don't know if this is a boardable play. It's pretty iffy, just given Sangren's recent history. Uh, I have faith he's not going to get hit in the nuts by a tennis ball by a ball kid and then react towards it on accident. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, that, that one just kind of stuck out to me because there are two guys that are perennial losers this year, and now they got to face off and something's got to give. I agree. Now uh, we're getting kind of boned by Bavada because there's not a ton of odds out for day two, just a, a few, but there's a couple that I have highlighted. Uh, Lorenzo Musetti, he's at minus 138. So a $1.38 favorite over Ramos. It's not good on either side of the net here. Musetti coming in at four and 14. Ramos is coming in at two and nine. In his recent head, head play, Ramos has been absolutely garbage off clay uh, since we, I mean, even dating back to grass. I mean, forget hardcore. He was stunk during grass season too. Musetti, obviously, it's the sexier name here. Ramos, the more tenured veteran player. I'm rolling Musetti. I think I actually might board this. I, I just feel like uh, the conditions, they're not going to be the same as they were in Acapulco because it's not going to be as humid. Uh, but I just, I like the chances of this young buck uh, doing a little flash and, and, and moving on and, and not necessarily making a run, but not exiting early at his Indian Wells. I, I think it's his first Indian Wells. I might be wrong on that. Yeah, his record coming into this is just abysmal. And Ramos almost up there with his little two and nine. Uh, yeah, you got to take Musetti. I mean, he's just a better player. He's got to turn this around at one point, right? This is not his usual self. At least I don't think so. Do you think it's his usual self? It It's starting to seem like it is, but I really don't think it is. No, I, I don't think it is. I, I think that he's got brighter days ahead, and I think that it starts against the guy who lost to Carlos Alcaraz in his first ATP match. <laughs> You're never going to let that one go, huh? My, it, it, it lingers. It lingers. <laughs> you only have nightmares about it every now and then. Okay, so one more match I'm looking at is Sock Millman. Yep. Uh, Sock has been playing sporadic tennis this year, basically only in the continental United States. And he has been playing pretty damn good. And he's got the odds of what? Minus 115. Yeah. It's basically Millman. a pick em. Yeah. Against Millman. I got to go with Sock here. I mean, Millman, I, I've said some praise on him before. But yeah, I don't know. I've said praise on Sock as well. And I'd give Sock more praise any day of the week, this week. <laughs> so I'm going to take Sock here. Yeah, Sock showed some life over the summer. He took Rafa to a third set tie break. 
in Washington. It was it was pretty good. And then he's got Labor Cup vibes. He was there for whatever reason. I guess they needed a, a body. <laughs> I had no idea why he was on the there had to have been somebody else better than Jack Sock to, as an alternate for team world, my lord. Um Millman did not defend his title in Kazakhstan recently this month or i guess it was september but uh so i, I his level I, I have a hard time gauging his level sock i think it's not gonna lose in this first match i just don't no he's bringing it he knows that these american tournaments are his to lose in the first round he has enough energy i think to win only one match per tournament maybe two yeah, it's so. tough to be a sock guy, but I guess we're both sock guys right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even how much I saw him floss at the Labor Cup, I haven't seen anyone do that since my nephew was about four years ago. I didn't know that was still a thing. I was reminded about that. i ugh, not proud of taking him here, but yeah, let's go with it because he'll make you money on that one. Sock uh, definitely abides by the rules of white boy summer. <laughs> Uh, I did want to look at, though, Derek, a another match that is on the board for, with Bavada here. They have uh, it's for Kevin Anderson versus Jordan Thompson. Kevin Anderson coming in at minus one seventy four. Thompson, a dog at plus one forty five. I think Thompson's a very live dog in this match. Uh, he's been hanging out around North America. He played Los Cabos, Atlanta, Washington. Kevin Anderson has not been that great. The over under is 24, a little bit jacked up because they know that this is going to be a pretty tight match. I I like the over. I think this goes three sets. Yeah. I wouldn't want to pick a winner on each side. Uh, Kando has not been playing well this year. He's shown his age. He did win that one tournament. I think it was like in South Carolina. It was Rhode Island. He won on grass. Rhode Island. Yeah. It was a really crappy draw, though. So I don't think that's shown much. Um, but yeah, Jordan Thompson's also not a guy that is to be relied upon to win a match, but he is a guy similar to Stevie Johnson. He has a lot of tenacity. He's a pretty smart player. He's just not the most athletic guy. Uh, with the serve capability of Kando and uh, Thompson being able to return fairly decent. Yeah, I would go ahead and take the over too. And then the Federico Correa versus Brandon Nakashima. You know, Brandon is coming in here, heavy favorite, over under it, only 20. Um, Correa, I feel like it's just a different type of player that Nakashima has faced as a clay guy who I think could do something on hard court. I'm not going to play it, but I am interested to see what happens in that match because I just feel like Correa is going to bring a, a different type of game than Nakashima has played of late. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't think about it that way. Uh, yeah, Brandon's just a little power guy and Correa is he's uh he's got a more of a finesse game is what you're kind of saying right yeah it's more of a clay dude yeah uh yeah it could be tricky for him i guess in that sense 
Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't touch that because I don't know which way that's going to go. Like, I'm not even confident Nakashima's going to win that. Oh, no, I, I think Brando will win, but uh, but I am interested uh-huh. to see how it plays out. All right, Derek. Uh, that's kind of it. There's not a ton of odds out for the, the first round. Those are the big interesting ones to me. Um, I think what we should do next is just kind of spotlight some third, fourth, and even second round, if you want, um, potential matches, and then run through our quarters and semis in the finals. Just kind of give general thoughts on the rest of the way and breeze through, and then we will get out of here. Mm-hmm. All right. So do you have any big upsets? Let's. I don't know about the second round, but like third round? Well, second round, I have a few things. Okay, number one, I, I do have Brandon Nakashima moving on and facing Fritz, who got a buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, these odds are going to be pretty close. And I feel like I'm going to move on Fritz here. I, I kind of like Fritz to beat Nakashima. Now, Fritz, obviously, it still seems to be overcoming his surgery from earlier in the summer, his level hasn't been that great. That said, I feel like this is a perfect spot for him to, to get right. Yeah, so he came back right before Wimbledon, and they played each other at Wimbledon. Um, Fritz won in four. So I can see Fritz moving on in that one pretty easily. And if the odds are close, yeah, jump on Fritz. And then uh, Sock, if he does win, he'll play our boy Yannick Sinner. And I have to say, if Sock wins, he's going to be feeling pretty good. And, and I wouldn't hate an over in that match because Sinner drops points, man. Or he drops games. I mean, Sock got a set off a of Rafa, which still blows my mind. Yeah, and he looked good in that too. It's not like Rafa just sucked, and that was Rafa's last tournament of the year. Granted, yeah, whatever. Yeah, he could have been a little hurt, but Rafa still played well. And uh, Sock's gonna have the crowd behind him on this one. Yeah, the over is not a bad play there. I kind of like that. All right, Murray's coming in as a pretty big favorite over Ran Arena. So we'll and we've spoken about what we think of Murray so far. I think we probably both moved him on versus the the quintessential lunch pail king uh murray would then play alcaraz in the second round i mean that is like uh, atp storytelling (laughs) all over it (laughs) with the old guard of the new guard great potential match i hope it happens and i feel like alcaraz is going to be a significant favorite significant huh like, yes what do you think like minus 300 or 250 or what uh, over two dollars yeah mm. yes uh would you so take the over I, I i would take the over yeah I, I would look at an over bet there like i don't know if alcaraz is that smart of a player i don't know no and i i i mean i like do you I think mean, murray I, can pick his game apart I mean, I don't know that the I, – first off, I, I was a, a believer that Carlos was not ready for primetime because aside from the USO, he had not been playing all that great in terms of this, like, rising star player that 
we keep hearing about USL, obviously you can't take that out. That's like taking away the big plays from your fantasy football player and be like, well, if you take away the 80 yard touchdown, you did nothing that game. Um, <laughs> so I can't count out Al- Alcaraz here uh, in-, in terms of the range of outcome where he just destroys Murray and, and he is at this level. Now that said, uh, yeah, the over to me feels a very strong play because it, it just feels like Murray can, can hang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it's kind of low, like if you're saying that Alcaraz is going to be a heavy favorite, I mean, the over under is probably going to be what? 18. Emer just, right before the USO Emer beat Alcaraz after Alcaraz was kind of bodying him in the first set and then Emer beat him in two. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. All right. And then, yeah, moving on real quick. uh, So uh, this is probably my hottest upset of round two is I got Brooksby beating Zverev. Ooh. Crazy. (laughs) I got Zverev winning this whole thing. Okay. Ooh. (laughs) Which is a plus five hundred bet, by the way. Futures oh, nice. bet. I, I'm uh, harking. I'm harking back to the fact that he was just in Miami, uh, and that when it, <laughs> we had the thousand in Miami, Zverev lost to Ruzavori. So I, I'm questioning Zverev's commitment to the tournament, and Brooksby will be bringing it. Yeah, I mean, once Zverev made that extreme comment at the labor cup he's been absolutely on fire which which only existed at the labor cup he hasn't played a tournament since however i mean that that guy ripped at the u.s open absolutely shredded so yeah i feel like it's his to win because medvedev isn't suited for the outdoors and there's no indoors here. There's no roof or anything at Indian Wells. That's why I think Zverev is the favorite in my book. But against Brooksby, he's not going to have the crowd whatsoever. And Brooksby finds ways to win that amaze me. And I, it's hard for me to understand why he wins. That, that match is going to go three, though. Holger Rune is making his debut at Indian Wells. He got a wild card into this thing. He's going to play a quality. I'm not sure if that's placed yet, but if he wins, he's going to play Garin. Very interesting match. Two guys who are clay warriors battling out on hardcore, and I'm giving the edge to Rune here big time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. Uh Green's not one of my plays on hardcore as of right now. No. And Rune's been showcasing that he's an upcoming guy. So maybe that's going to be confusing for Green to play against. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. Take Rune. Yeah, well, if Rune gets there, I I like that a lot. And I think Rune's going to come in as a dog or close to a pick'em. Uh, you know, the odds are pretty short in a lot of these first round matches. So that leads, leads me to believe in round two, that'll be the case as well. And uh, Rune's qualifier, he's going to have to play. It just came in. It's uh, Escobedo. It's an American. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. So Rune's going to win that for sure. Yeah, exactly. All right. 
Fonini and Struff are going to play in a rematch of Toronto, I believe. If they both win, which I think they probably will. Struff blew it last time, so good revenge spot. Something to keep an eye on with that match. They played three sets before. Might look at an over there. Yeah, you were really complaining about Struff on that one. Yeah, we we were, yeah. Well, we, you know, I love to fade the fog, so. <laughs> so. Uh, okay, then I don't have much more for round two. Popper and her cast would be fun to watch. I don't really have a, a, a play in mind on that one. I would just like to watch that. Yeah, and there's then, some fun matches like Corda Tiafo as a possibility. Yes. Or, yeah, Corda Pair, maybe even. Uh, yeah, where would you even go with that? Just curious. Corda pair. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Corda all the way. Corda's going to beat whoever wins between pair and Tiafo. That's a fact. He, he's been kind of silent, though, for a couple months. Is he hurt or what? I Yeah, I think he's coming up injury. His level has not been great. I picked, uh, I, I, I boarded Sinego to beat him in San Diego, which happened. Because I thought Sinego just seemed like his health was better than Corda. I, I think mm-hmm. by this point, though, Corda will be fine, to be honest. I, okay. I think he was kind of keeping himself uh, in check, not really viewing San Diego as, uh, you know. Any priority, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, let's move to round three then, if you have any notables. Uh, a potential Shapo Karatsev match. Uh huh. Yeah. Who do you got on that one? I moved on Karatsev. <laughs> I Not, did too. That was heart more than head. Um, because <laughs> I want that to happen. <laughs> but like you were saying, like I think you tweeted that Karatsev really needed that win in San Diego. Yeah, he, he needed those couple, couple wins under yeah. his belt there, and. Uh, I mean, he needed some sort of get right. Is he right? We'll find out. Uh, Schwartzman, Nishikori could be pretty good. And then mm-hmm. I have Lloyd Harris versus Rude. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did have that as well. I was contemplating Davidovich, Vakina beating Harris. Um, but yeah, I moved on Harris out of pure logic. <laughs> And then I have actually, I actually have Harris beating Rude. Oh, really? I'm just. Okay. I, I have I, Rude going to the final. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I like that. I mean, listen, I don't hate that. I'm just, you know, you got to look for ways to, to, got to spot some upsets. And I, I, I feel like Harris. He beat Rafa this year. He, he has the capability of beating Rude. You think so? Rude's really solid. I, yeah, I do. I mean, I, I like I like Lloyd's serve, obviously, and I think on the uh-huh. surface, it's only going to be a few points if he can hold serve. That's true. The thing about Rude is that he's able to control the point. So if he's able to return some of those serves from Lloyd Harris, he can, I think, get control of the point and win those and eventually break. I also I feel like Harris and Rude are probably closer in class 
than rank right now. Like Root obviously is the higher rank mm-hmm. uh, and been playing a lot better. But uh, I mean, do I think Rude could have beat Rafa that day? I don't know. Yeah, so I, don't I think know. that they're closer in tier than probably conventional wisdom would, would say right now. And uh-huh. for that, and that for me is, you know, I, I, Rude can be anyone beneath him, but you get around his general level, I, 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 a question mark for me. So. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, no, I kind of picked him going to the finals based on like a what have you done for me lately sort of thing. All right, Derek. Well, you want to run through our quarters? Yeah. So you want to go first? Sure. I got Berrettini center. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. So that's not quarters. That's before yeah, that. That's, okay. Uh-huh. So I have center and Brooksby. Okay. Yeah. I got Brooksby making the quarters. And then I got um, Karina Busta. And Sitsipas. Okay, I got yeah, Sinner and Zverev, and then Busta and Sitsipas. So I guess we both picked Sitsipas beating. I mean, sorry, Sinner beating Berrettini. Correct. Yeah, Homer pick for sure. Uh huh. <laughs> I'll be looking out for that one if that one comes to fruition. Do you think that Sinner would be? the underdog in that uh yeah right he, he would have to be rank wise he definitely would be but i wonder yeah if we'll get a good play on there that would be a very nice play and then i have medvedev versus corda okay i got medvedev her cats okay that's Sounds more realistic. Where do I have her cats going out? <laughs> you got to probably uh, Corda. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Herc. Yeah. I got Corda beating Herc. Okay. So I'm going with her cats here because I'm unsure exactly what the state of Corda's condition is. And her cats, you know, he's what you call the Florida man. The guy thrives in the heat. And he, uh, I think he's just can beat Korda. And then he would have to go up against Karatsev. I don't think it'd be too much of a route for him. So that's why I got him in the quarters. All right. Then I have Rublev versus Harris. Uh, I obviously have a Medvedev Rublev semis here. Okay. I got uh, Rublev playing Rude. I obviously, like I said, I got Rude going on to the final. So I got Rude beating Rublev. And I have her cats beating Medvedev, by the way. So I, you got the Florida man who thrives in the heat. And Medvedev has never made it past the round of 32 at Indian Wells. Interesting. So, yeah. So I incorporated that. Her cat seems like the guy and a guy that would beat Medvedev here. I mean, I got Medvedev moving on past the round of 32. So I think this is where he gets stopped out. Nice. Um, I have a center Medvedev final. And then I I picked Med to win. Oh, snap. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we have a completely different final. I got Zverev and Rude. And I... 
So, well, you got some you, sort of Russian both winning. Even you though is technically from Germany. You have been the man to pick the winners. So, uh, if anyone is listening, maybe should I this bet point. this one then? <laughs> yeah, dude, you definitely should. <laughs> you know, you've called you know the last two tournament winners. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I got Zverev plus 500. Medvedev is only a plus 190 for a guy who's never made it past the round of 32. And I feel like Medvedev's he's still got that like that uh grand slam winning hangover you know yeah but i actually don't think it's as much as like team from last year no i would not compare those two guys but i still think that he's still reeling from that you know yeah good way Uh, futures wise and i texted you this last night and now we're talking about wta on our atp podcast but layla fernandez at plus 2200 is a very good pick for the female side of uh you think so uh yes i do that's wild i know i saw you tweet or text me that and i was like dang that's a little high but i don't have confidence that she's gonna win i just think that she played so well at the uso and Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to i mean ronakana was like plus one night like she's not even like or plus she's not even playable um because who knows what she's going to be. She's been on tour. She's been doing a lot of stuff. Where is her head in the game? I assume so, yes, because she's young and she can handle that stuff. When you're younger, you don't, you know, the headspace is a little bit more uh, uh, able to to deal with more. But um, because you're a bit more of a free free spirit. (laughs) But I mean, Fernanda Slade at the USO. She had a much harder road to the final than Raducanu. Uh, not to take away uh, from yeah, I Completely agree. And uh, and she looked like she probably went out the next day and was on the practice court. So, <laughs> although she did go to the Met as well, so she has been experiencing some of the joys of winning at a Slam, if not winning the whole thing. So. But I, I, I don't know. I, I can't really trust anybody. I just noticed those are really big odds for someone who I think has a really good shot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, throw a sprinkle at that because plus twenty two hundred, huh? Yeah, that's pretty nice. All right, so, Derek. Yeah. Well, we have done it once again. We've recorded a podcast about tennis, not only about tennis, but gambling on tennis. I love it, guys. This was fun. I hope. You out there listening, enjoyed it as well. You can find me once again at Carl Jr. on Twitter. Find our show handle at MP9 Tennis. Derek, any final thoughts? Yeah, you should listen to me and take a Zverev if I have the right word again. Plus 500. Get at it. All right, and we will be back on this podcast hopefully soon. Uh, my wife's about to give birth, so not next week. But uh, I, I, I assume we will make it either. I, I know we'll be back for the ATP finals, um, if not before then. So until next time, see you on the court. All right. How much time was that?